0: Hey, Bill, one of the things that was noted after the last two games for the Chiefs uh, is how some of the opposing cornerbacks uh, seemed winded, whether it was Chris Harris with some crafts for Denver or even Jalen Ramsey on Sunday. And I was curious if the movement and the speed of the Kansas City receivers, you know, whether it's pre-snap or as the snap is taking place, with what they do horizontally before they get vertical and all the different things that they do with them really – Challenges the conditioning of defensive backs, or maybe more so uh, than you'll typically find in an offense. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, these guys are really fast, and uh, they run they run a lot of vertical routes. but There are also a lot of space plays where they get the ball out there on uh, RPOs and slip screens and things like that. And so it forces uh, not only the corners but uh, everybody to pursue um, laterally across the field and that's cover a lot of ground uh, as you said on consecutive plays or multiple plays in a short amount of time. So, um, And then of course they, they do a good job of rotating their receivers so uh, they get uh, you know bring Thomas in there and you know they substitute personnel and, and get them you know take advantage of their depth of that position. So uh, it's yeah, I'd say it, it it is taxing on that group. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Uh, next question, Mike Reese, uh, followed by Evan Lazar. Thanks, um, Stacey. So Bill, you guys have had Kenyon Barner sort of back and forth. Um, what impression has he made on you to sort of keep bringing him back? Obviously, knowing that you had a need for some depth there, but you know, how has he handled sort of the being back and forth, and what has he shown you guys? Uh, yeah, handled it well. Uh, he's a very professional uh, guy. prepared well, smart. Uh, has learned um, pretty quickly, and um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but he's he's done all the things we've asked him to do. We just been, uh, as you said, juggling some roster situations. What and in terms of his skill set, I mean, what what are some of the things he has going for him in terms of? you know, physical traits. Uh, well he's on the ball, he's caught the ball, and he's returned kick. So he's done all those things. Next question, Evan Lazar, um, followed by Mike Petragia. Hey coach, it was just spread off at the Kansas City it seems like teams are running a lot of pattern match coverages in the secondary to defend them. I don't know if you've just created it with Coach Saban but you two kind of brought it to the NFL. I would say, do you recall uh, what that process was like with Coach Saban in the 90s to kind of, uh, you know, turn that coverage to football here in professional football? Oh yeah. And that's a tough question, Evan. We could write a book on that, so it'll be hard to answer that in, in a short amount of time. Coach Saban was, um, you know, was obviously a great defensive coach, has a great mind, had a lot of great concepts. Um, you know, I came from primarily his own system at the Giants. Um, Nick came from uh, that man of the system. Bill. Um, and a lot of the zone principles from uh Coach Furlith and Michigan State. We we merged a lot of those things together and and uh and, and Nick obviously uh, handled it at Cleveland. i we you know, we worked together on some of those things, uh, in the initial setup stages. Um but yeah was a long time ago. Thanks, Chris. Next question, Mike McGregor, followed by Andy Kelly. Thanks, Stacey. Morning, Bill. I guess uh, keeping right. with the historical – morning. Uh, keeping with the historical bent, I know you've always uh, uh, said that uh, the West Coast offense kind of has its roots uh, in Paul Brown, what he did uh, back at the Bengals back in the 70s, uh, even before then. Um, but my, my question is, when you look at Andy Reid and – uh, the West Coast offense. How does RPO kind of factor into uh, or integrate itself uh, with the West Coast offense? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, we actually talked quite a bit about that in the last couple of days. Um, you know, Andy. Let's start with Andy. Andy's a very creative, innovative coach. Um, and I think he does a great job of taking um, uh, concepts uh, and being able to apply them into his system um, and thing with personnel, creating um, opportunities for personnel, unique personnel that he has. Um, and so he's over the course of time been able to modify some of the traditional West Coast principles um, from Coach Brown to Coach Walsh, to so Coach Holmgren and so forth. Uh, to fit his personnel and to fit uh, new team ideas that uh, he's incorporated. So, um, West Coast offense is still, beat around, still around speed, space, uh, and balance, catch and run plays, um, yards after catch, balance between the running game and the passing game. Uh, and getting the ball the field so they can make yards within the ball in their hands. So the RPO certainly fits into that category. Um, but he he's done a great job of incorporating that um, probably as much as any team we've seen, probably more than any team we've seen. Terrific. Thanks Bill. Uh, you're welcome Mike. Right, next question Andrew Callahan followed by Ben Bolton. Uh, good morning, Bill. You know, I'm wondering if you could take this uh, to the time that you, you first came across in RCO and then maybe the first time you went and studied um, those, those those packages. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I I watch a lot of college film in the spring and, um, and going through multiple games uh, with teams that have various prospects on them and so forth. You're looking at players that you see teams and concepts so um yeah, definitely started there um, and it, um certainly worked its way in the national football league. Um some teams more than others, same thing in college. Some colleges probably have their offensive RPOs, maybe more. Um, so it's just How many times they do it is one thing. The concept of it is uh, another thing. I'd say, you know, Andy's done a good job of building in um, uh, four or five, six contests that are not just one thing. He's got several different ways of of doing it, and they're all a little bit different for the defense. And he's gotten some good production out of it. Uh, next question, Ben Vaughn, uh, followed by Anthony Gluzia. Uh Good morning, Bill. Um, wondering, uh, I know a lot of the personnel is probably similar from last year for the Chiefs. Obviously, they switched quarterbacks. Uh, do you find last year's game against the Chiefs in week one relevant as you guys are preparing for them this week? Oh, sure, we'll look at it, yeah. And what, I guess with the quarterback, James, how um, how difficult is it to use film off last year, or, or do you think a lot of things maybe transfer? Uh, well, I think it's one piece of the puzzle. Um, so there's there's certainly things that can be uh, that we can learn from that. There's some matchups that are consistent, and then there's some that are different, and some that are new. So. I think it's really, I mean, you could watch, you know, seven, eight games, ten games, however many games it is on the team, and each one of them has some degree of relevance. Even if it's to throw it out and eliminate something for a particular reason, well, they're, you know, the team did this because of that, and, you don't do that, so it's maybe something you don't have to worry as much about if you can see what the, why they were doing whatever it was they are doing, so. I, I just they're all parts of the puzzle, and you just, and again, there's a lot of situational football that's involved. Sometimes situational football is different um, than other, other what's call it normal down-and-distance type situations, so. Um. So yeah, there's something to learn from everything. thanks a lot. You're welcome. My next question, Anthony Galusia, followed by Doug Kye. Hey Bill, uh, I've imagined that you've had to coach through some um, a variety of of rule changes as the league has has progressed and evolved, but I'm just curious, is that you know what additional steps you've had to take with the team, if any, to to coach. change in New rules. I mean, you're not allowed to lead with your head. You're not allowed to body slam the quarterback. You're not allowed to hit him below the knees. You're not allowed to hit him above the shoulders. I mean, what's, you know, you I know, and mean, if he's out of the pocket, then some of those rules change. And if he's in the pocket, you know, you're allowed to horse collar him. But, I mean, that's like the rules are the rules. So, I mean, I hope you're not implying that we've been coaching something that was illegal and now we're changing the way we're coaching it because that's simply not the case. So uh, I'm not really sure what what new rule it is you're talking about here. We've coached rules as they've been written and as we've received them. So where the, whatever the emphasis, the emphasis is, but like, that doesn't change the fundamental of the rule. Never taught anybody to hit a quarterback above the shoulders, or hit them below the knees, or body slam them, or lead with our helmet and spear. them. we've never taught that, so I'm um, not really sure who you're referring to. Next question: uh, Doug Kai followed by Evan Lazar. Hi, Bill. Uh, how how beneficial can the longer week be this week in, in preparation for the Chiefs? Uh, for some of your newer players, like uh, Josh Gordon or Kenyon Barner or or uh, John Simon? Uh, well, I mean, I guess any extra time can be helpful if you use it properly or productively. So that's a good thing. As far as our team goes, I mean, we have a lot of guys that, Played a lot of football, we've been going, basically been going out of here since the end of July um, with, you know, no more than a, really a day or two off, so, um, you know, a player who hasn't been here as long, you know, has a little bit of extra time to go over some material or watch film or something, but it's, it's not like we're going to spend a lot of extra time on the practice field. Because we have to take all the other players into consideration that are that have played a lot of football, um, rest and recovery, and um, being able to work through the, the bumps and bruises that come with a competitive NFL season. Um, it's hard to do. You never have enough time to to, to do all that. You're always you're always fighting those um, that schedule. So. I think it's limited. There's some opportunity, but I think it's, it's limited. You know, a Thursday night game takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot out of out of everybody. Players, coaches, because you you take four days and you just cram everything you have into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and so I would say that the day after the game is not a and you're playing at night, um, but the day after the game is not a normal day after the game because it's you know, you've had several days behind that, uh, really going all the way back into the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those days are more than what they normally are because you know what's ahead on the Thursday game. So by the time the game's over, you're still, so there's a, a longer recovery period than after a normal game. And again, that's for all players and coaches. So it's not, it's not really like you're, Where you would normally be on the day after a game. Good. Thank you. Last question for Coach. We have Lazar. Go ahead, Evan. Hey, Coach. I just wanted to ask you about uh, Kendall Fuller, new player on the team for you guys this year. Uh, so he plays uh, on the perimeter on early downs, and then when they go to their um, nickel package and three corners, he usually moves inside, uh, and Scander comes and plays on the perimeter. Um, done a good job for him. Has good length, uh, covers well. Um, has some versatility. Is uh, an instinctive player. Um, young, but you know, still has he's young, but he has experience and and um, and really plays a couple different positions for him, which is good. and Plays him well. Thanks, coach. Steph, you're welcome. Thanks, coach. Thanks, everyone.